Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast. The only podcast out there with the cardio for the Deep Water Championship Rounds. I am Mags, and he's making his his, uh, long-awaited return after a two-week hiatus due to laziness. Uh, it's my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad. <laughs> to, to actually get him on the show, we literally uh, uh, just finished watching. So I've, I've basically made him come straight straight uh, from watching the, the the event to record, just to make sure I can get his get his uh, knowledge and skills down on the show. Uh, but we have just finished watching. Uh, Find out. Uh, I think it's Vegas Six. I think it's being uh, being called Vegas Six, but it's uh, pretty much fighting out Lewis versus Olenek. Uh Wow, what a what a great card! Uh, plenty of pre- prelims to go through, so we'll just uh, start with them first. Uh, we had a, a decision in the bantamweight to kick off the sh- the, the, the event, where uh, Irwin Rivera picked up the the victory against Al Ale Al Quiaza. And uh, can't say I've ever heard of that guy. Uh, then we had another decision in the featherweight division. Yusuf Zalal picking up the the victory against Peter Barrett. Uh, first finish of the night was in the the first actual televised fight on 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 the show. Uh, Gavin Tucker picking up the first round sub against Justin James. Then a, a first round knockout by Andrew Sanchez on Wellington Terman. Uh, another decision in the lightweight division with a uh, Nazrat Hak Parasat picking up the decision against Alex Munoz who. Uh, who took the fight on, on late notice. And then um, a, a third round KO for Kevin Holland against uh, Joaquin Buckley. That was a, a really interesting fight. Uh, that Joaquin Buckley, he looks like an absolute stud, but Kevin Holland re- did well to, to pick up that victory. Uh, and then the, the feature prelim, Tim Means, uh, again, the decision against Loriano Staropoli. Um, great victory. Uh, going into this main card, we started with... Uh, Benal Dariush um, uh, picking up the the first round KO of Scott Holtzman. Uh, 
yeah, uh, Darius and Scott Holton have, have really kind of uh, shone in this last few months. Uh, Darius are on a, are now on a five-fight win streak, I believe. Uh, and he's just kind of, I mean, we and Carlos were talking about him in the fight. We remember him when he was a, a young, up-and-coming fighter where he had um, dark black hair and now he's uh, he's quite wizened and grey, but he just seems to be coming into, like, his... Um, like the the peak of his skills, uh, really. Obviously, we know he's he's very very good on the ground, but he's he's really added a a, a great um, um, striking game to to his um, to his uh, arsenal. Uh, the 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 issues in this fight uh, started pretty early with a couple of eye pokes from uh, from Holtzman. Obviously, um, I don't think they were purposeful. Uh, we also had a, a couple of like groin shots in this fight. It was, it was to say it, it was very unintentional. It ended up being quite a dirty fight, really, um, and it was very kind of tit for tat. Uh, Darius's shots were quite laser accurate, but there wasn't a lot of power behind them. Whereas Holtzman, he he definitely did have that power, but he just didn't throw as many as a, as a, as Darius. Uh, and but the big change came when uh, Darius landed a uh, um, that massive knee. Um, you could see that the Holtzman was trying to shake it off, but he uh, he he was just basically punch drunk and he was fighting for survival. Uh, Darius went uh, and saw the blood in the water was was landing lots of big shots, and Holtzman kind of in like that survival mode tried to shoot for a, for a takedown, which which which. Uh, Darius was able to sprawl well, but that put him, that put Holtzman basically in Darius's uh, wheelhouse. That was his kind of like where he wanted the fight to go, uh, and he was able to to kind of control Holtzman on the ground uh, for a little while. Holtzman was able to to kind of get back to his uh, his um, his his feet. And it, it kind of looked like Holtzman had, had recovered, and Darius had kind of missed the, missed the trick. Uh, he was able to to throw some more shots, but then um, it it basically it come with a crisp left that uh, that landed again. Holtzman looked like he 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 absorbed it, but you could see where he it was hurting him, and you could see Darius were getting more and more confident that he was gonna finish this fight, and then poof, the way that that Darius just just cleaned out Holtzman. Uh, Holtzman was uh, was looking to to kind of rush. Um, Darius, Darius saw it coming, did a spinning back fist, but it didn't even land on the fist, didn't even land on the elbow. It was clean on the forearm, forearm right to the chin. Holtzman went down, far over, and Darius with a, a spectacular knockout. And but before I go to Carlson and get his views, what I would do want to say is in the post fight interview, um. Darius just showed how not only is he becoming a really well-rounded and great fighter, but he's is a is a brilliant like human being. He missed weight in the in the in the in the weigh-ins, and he totally accepted responsibility. There was no kind of a uh, blaming anything. He he realised he messed up, and he's been on this kind of a uh, streak of picking up uh, bonuses for 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 his farts and he said that if he's in line for a bonus not only is is uh is Holtzman getting a quarter twenty five percent of his of uh Darius's uh pay but uh Darius said if I get a, a bonus 
that should go to Hotsman as well. It's only right. Quality human being, an absolutely amazing finish, and yeah, it just opens Darius to to some big fights in the future. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, the game plan to go in, go in there and, and show what he's been doing for the last couple of fights. When Darius came into the UFC, it was it was a submission and a decision machine. Uh, it's only been the last year or two where he switched his game up and started to show more of his striking and aggressive side and looking for the finishers. Uh, in his last five bouts, he's had like three finish, uh, three KO finishers, uh, a submission, and, and just one decision, uh, which says a lot from obviously when he started into the when he came into the UFC. Uh, but the way you were able to just finish off uh, the match the way you were able to do it was timing that spinning back fist. I know he didn't time it perfectly as much as he wanted to, but at the end of the day, the shot still landed. Um, when he, As soon as he, he spam round it and connected with the forearm, uh, it, I, I thought to myself, like, oh, he's, he's damaged his arm there, he snapped mm. it. Uh, but then obviously when they showed it on, on slow motion, sometimes when you throw a spinning back fist and you land it sweet like a you watch a Valentina Shevchenko fight, she'll throw spinning back fist, and she'll she got the one of the most cleanest spinning back fists in the game. Uh, but the way he threw it, and it were his fist placement that that was for me uh, when he threw that towards Scott, and when he hit him with the forearm, and then the fist just landed just behind the ear, where a lot of people say mm-hmm. that's just the money slot. Yeah. So not only did he take all the impact from the forearm. He also got it on the money spot. Oh, so it so was like a double barrel shot. That really was, yeah. it was literally two shots, one stone. Uh, but brilliant win for Dalarouche. Uh, Dalarouche, D- say his fucking name right, Dalarouche? I might definitely leave that in. He <laughs> uh, definitely will fucking leave that in. Darius. Darius. I'm leaving that in. Uh, just, for, just for context, and I, I am going to leave it in. Uh, for context, uh, me and Carl were talking about editing podcasts and uh, he was saying how, oh, he, how he gets uh, sometimes gets his, the names mixed up and he's like, you don't leave them in, do you? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes. He's like, fuck. Uh, well, this one will definitely be getting left in. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, Darius. Say that, right? Yeah, the way you were able to finish that fight off and... Uh, that was proper put me off. Yeah, they're only able to finish that fight off, and yeah, it does. It does open doors for him uh, in that division. I know he's uh, obviously from that win and from his performance, he he doesn't want to be he going out there and shouting out the, the big names. There's there is a row of killers in that division, uh, but it does set him up. Uh, it does set him up for some uh, good fights uh, planning ahead of that. Obviously, the winning streak he has been on uh, says a lot about. In, in this day and age, says a lot about the fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't like to watch people who go to decision anymore. Most people is what people are about to say casuals are like to see finishes, and that's what he's putting on. Yeah. Uh, so really, sometimes it doesn't matter how many wins you've got. If a lot of them are by decision, you're not really going to make a movement up the mixed martial arts ladder, especially in the UFC where it's all about who's going to who's going to make the most business and yeah, who can we sell exactly. more. Uh, but definitely, he, um, I know if he were to carry on uh, moving up in the ladder, uh, I'd definitely like to see him against Donald Cerrone just for how they would match up. Now, 
obviously his, his opponents from his last like five bouts now have all been like near enough similar size to him. Uh, and I think it's time for maybe what has he done in the last five fights to improve his game because obviously the last tall person he fought, excuse me, the last tall person he fought was Barbosa. Now Barbosa won that fight mm -hmm. by a knockout. Uh, so I think a, a good style matchup for him. Uh, obviously, could he still use the same aggression tactic and the same skill set that he uses now on bigger opponents? So I think that's what would be next for him in that division. But everyone keep a lookout for it. He's only thirty-one. So yeah. and in mixed martial arts, look at uh, look at Yara Mero. What is he like? 32, 33? Uh, no, 43, Sorry. No, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just. It's, it's just clearly, it's just clearly showing that the human body is is capable of doing more for longer. So mm -hmm. if he's been, and it's not like he's been in a lot of wars. It's not like he's been took a lot of damage. So yeah, he might have been knocked out a couple of times. Uh, but he's in that fight. He took a couple of cracks. So he, his chin can can still weather the storm. Uh, so yeah. A bright future ahead of that uh, with him in that division. Yeah, definitely. Um, going into the second fight of, of this five fight main card, and it's uh, the the females, uh, uh, Yana Kunitskaya taking on Yulia uh, Stolyarenko. Carlos is going to butcher these names, so he's probably just going to call them Yana and Yulia. Um, both former Invicta champions, I think. Uh, uh, Yulia picked up the towel straight after. Uh, uh, Yana left for for the UFC. Um, this fight was it was a, it was interesting. Let's just say that it was a well deserved and very kind of dominant victory for for Kunitskaya. But I I don't think it does a lot for in terms of like Carlos was just saying about Darius and uh, needing knockouts and and kind of finishes to 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 kind of elevate you in in the eyes of the UFC. This doesn't do a lot for for Kunitskaya in 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 terms of that. She was very very dominant. A lot of uh, uh, control up against the cage, able to to basically bully Stol uh, Stolyarenko, um, and the only way Stolyarenko really got any kind of um, any kind of offense in is when she was able to to kind of uh, try and posture up and 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 climb up uh, Kunitskaya and, and use the fence to kind of like, elevate herself. And drag uh, Kunitskaya to the floor, where she was uh, was more dominant, was able to attempt uh, submission moves. But there was it was just it was just a bullying session from Kunitskaya. She was able to just control so much of this fight. Uh, but you could literally take any of the rounds and put them in any order because it was literally all the, they both had one game plan and they but neither of them deviated away from it so uh Kunitskaya wanted to to press against the cage and kind of grind her opponent down and Stolyarenko because she was trapped in that position her only kind of method of escape was to attempt the body triangles and drag uh, drag Kunitskaya to the floor and unfortunately it didn't kind of pan off for her and Kunitskaya picked up a a a, a very decisive um, but very 
ground out unanimous decision. There's not for for to say this is the joint longest fight of the full main card. There's not a lot of action to really go over because it was just a lot of control time. I mean, I think uh, when it come up with the stats at the end, out of the 15 minutes of of, of time available in this fight, Kunitskaya had like nearly 30 minutes of just controlling an opponent against the fence. These are the kind of fights that that put casuals off because there's there's just there was nothing happening in the fight. Uh, I don't know if Carlos is going to add kind of any any kind of a like insider information to that being a, a being someone who's in MMA. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was just it was it it just nobody comes out of this looking good. I don't think. Yeah, definitely not. Conor uh, Skya, boom, got that one. <laughs> It's secretly, man, as you were talking, I'm just looking at her fucking name, just like, couldn't sky it, couldn't sky it, couldn't sky it, couldn't sky it. <laughs> Other one I've tried to do and I fucked it up to ass. Uh, but yeah, couldn't sky it. She were, she were fair to her in a bit. Now, obviously, she's got um, Santos in her corner, who's a, a heavy striker. Now, obviously, he doesn't speak much English. Now, I can imagine him shouting at some point, break away, step away, step back. Because she would have had a lot more success if she just would have broke away from that clinch. Now, every single time she was up against the clinch, um, Julia was just always trying to pull guard and mm-hmm. always trying to wrap the leg, trying to like triangle the well, leg and, and balance. There, there were points off. where she were using the, the fence to get higher and higher and, and her head was actually above the bar in the fence. She got that far up uh, Kunitskaya's body. Definitely. Kunitskaya was just using... Maul's majority throughout the fight were just using brute strength and force to just either keep her up in the air or just keep her pushed up against the fence. Now, if she just would have... Because, yeah, fair, she was having success with the the shots that she was having, the punches and the elbows, but we, if you were to go back to, to different fights going and... Just look at it more of like a, a Muay Thai bout rather than going back to UFC fights. If you just look at a Muay Thai bout, that's what we actually saw in that bout. It was a lot of clinch, a lot of knees, a lot of elbows, a lot of basically fighting inside the tyre. Uh, but for me, she um, Julia basically wanted Joanna uh, the fucking what? Yana. Yana. <laughs> this is fucking terrible, even for me. Yeah, y- Yana. Um, oh, fuck, I'm just going to call these J and Y from now on, I think. <laughs> J wanted Y to like, put her up against the fence because she, she wanted to always pull guard. Because after mm. the first round, when she realised, hang on a minute, Kuniskaya's got a bit more reach on me. She's, she's clearly a better boxer. Yeah. She's, she's clearly more stronger than me. And the stand-up wasn't working for her, so that was her only option, was to try and take it to the ground. Um, but yeah, the, the, the only thing that you can you can say about that was, um, Yana, would just, if she would just step away, she just would have had more success. And me, everyone's in bed, we're in England now, so it's like Fantastic. five in the morning. So when I'm watching the TV, I'm, I'm pulling myself back, trying to scream at the telly, just hooking, step away, just... Step away, you'll have more success. You, mm-hmm. you, your elbow, even if you stepped away, just uh, just three or four inch, your elbows are doing more damage because you'll be able to yeah. just hit her just with the tip of the point of the elbow. Your shots are doing more damage because you'll be able to cock back a little bit more. You'll be able to 
You'd be able to extend a little bit more. You wouldn't have to do little rabbit punches in the guard. It, it, it felt like Kunitskaya wasn't interested in going for a finish. She it, just wanted to to, to point course, score. Yeah, yeah she, she just, wanted to point she, score. She wanted to hold on and just and just no guarantee. She wanted, it was just one of them victories where it was hold on, do these little shots, and she anyone with the right level fight IQ with the knowledge and the experience and can go into their fights and do that sort of stuff. We've seen people like DC do it over and over again where they've just gone in and they've used their high-level wrestling. Uh, we've gone in there with, like, with, and, uh, with uh, people like Israel Adesanya who's used their high-level kickboxing just to do the points, just to hold their opponent down, get into better position, just by, like with, with Iza, E shots might not be knockout shots all the time, but... He's hit you 20 times before you've hit him once, and yeah. before you know it, the judges have already given him like eight points just because yeah. he hit you. And it's 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 all that sort of balance, and that's what uh, Jana was was trying to do in uh, Jana was trying to do in that fight was just yeah. hold her up against the fence, get the little shots off, and know that she's sealed the victory in the yeah. fight. Especially when it was quite clear that uh, Stolyarenko was better on the floor. She had a better ground game, and rather than risk getting tucked down in the centre of the octagon because you you want to land the knockout shots, it's better to to kind of grind the victory out, knowing that if you get tucked down at the cage, you've got more chance of, of mm. being able to stand back up. Uh, it, it's a it's a definitely a tactic that's got her the victory. It's just as you mentioned with the Darius fight. It's not just about getting a victory in this game. You've got to you've got to put on a performance to to open the eyes of of the likes of Sean Shelby and Dana White to to push yourself into like those title matches. This kind of victory doesn't really do that. I don't think. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, obviously, Yana's last fight she got TKO by Aspen Lad. So mm-hmm. when you get TKO by, by big names like that, even though we talk about it time and time again with the women's weights being so feathered a couple of wins and get you up there but when you're getting fed to Aspen Lad and giving it a chance and you and you lose that she's obviously two and one in the UFC and her two victories have been by decision so obviously I can't recall the first bout uh, the, but obviously the first bout were uh, a decision um, but yeah with, with this one now but not to get anything away from her, obviously she's she's done the right things to to get the W. But the one thing we can say about uh, Julia is every fight in mixed martial arts starts on the feet. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of people always say like, oh, we're getting more and more grapplers in. But at the end of the day, not everyone can grapple like Khabib. Not everyone can grapple like DC. Not everyone can. Not everyone can be as good as as Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as Damian Meyer. Every single fight starts on the feet, so she needs to go back and, and really concentrate on on her on her striking because yeah, fair enough. These both these women had they were Invicta champions coming into the UFC. That's what they had going for them. Now a lot mm-hmm. of people don't really have. Some people might come from Cage Warriors, FCC. They might come from Bellator. They might come from one. They might come from all over the place. Invicta. They come from everywhere, but. You'll you'll only get them certain few who'll come up who's had who who's never had a title. They'll just come up because Dana White or someone one of the scouts has saw just raw talent in that person and brought them into the organisation. These two women had something going for them. Now obviously, when 
now she hasn't really got that going for her. Obviously, getting beat off off a fighter like Aspen Lad. That I'm not saying that in a bad way. Aspen Lad's a, a, a quality fighter, but going on to after that, going on to the decision winning and just holding your opponent doesn't really get you anywhere, in my opinion. No, I totally agree. And then going from that fight where it was clear someone wasn't really looking to finish to a fight where both fighters were, were looking to finish her. We had uh, Mackie Patolo taking on Darren Stewart and this was exciting from, from the very start. We had uh, Stewart who really wanted to control that centre of the outcome and we had Patolo who was just circling away uh, around the outside of the octagon and kind of just jumping in to, to land his jabs. And these two guys know how to throw punches. They they, they both hurt each other with, with the quick uh, stabby jabs. Uh, but this was a very, very quick fight. Finished in, in just over three minutes and it was... A great, great victory for for Stewart. He he was able to to kind of get in the pocket of Patolo. Patolo was very elusive for for the opening uh, exchanges, but uh, Stewart was able to after absorbing a few shots and him landing uh, Patolo a few shots. He was able to get in that kind of pocket. There was a a, a good exchange, uh, and then Patolo went for a takedown, but Stewart grabbed the guillotine on the way down. Took, took Patolo with him, and it was it was tight from the second he, he got it he got it locked in, but Patolo was uh, was using his arm on uh, the the arm of, of Stewart to kind of release that pressure, and the the great fight mentality of Stewart to kind of adjust his stance, take that that ability to to release the pressure from Patolo, and Patolo had no other option but to tap to an, a, a well played. Very dangerous, uh, Darren Stewart. Great victory for for the dentist, and yeah, wow, um, a big big name for him to to take out with Mackie Patolo. Definitely, that way it was just perfect. It was, the setup for that was just perfect. But just before he set that up, uh, right a minute before that, he actually got cracked with mm. a big right and actually got. He was lucky he didn't get put on his arse. Yeah. He got rocked. He, he he stumbled, but he were able to compose himself and. As um, what the fuck is Patolo. he? Patolo. This is brilliant. This is fucking horrendous. Patolo, yeah. As Patolo were going in for the takedown, Darren were able to. As soon as he went in for the takedown, the the forearm was already going under mm. under the head to to push the head up. He to knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. He definitely. He knew. It, you can tell it in his training camp in London shoot fighters there is there is. Tons of fighters who, who come out of there, like Alfie Davis, obviously Michael Venipage, who a lot of people will know already. Uh, there's a lot of fighters who come out of there, who were quality fighters, who decent fighters, uh, and obviously Darren Stewart, he were down there, and that's they are not they are not a stupid set of lads. They they know what they're doing, and the coaches down there, uh, um, they're not better than Alan, but they 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 go they're they're up there, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah, so definitely they they know that at some point he would have ended up. Shooting him, Darren's a much taller guy. Yeah, we all know he can. It can swing. We all know he can. It can take a. It can take a crack. But at the end of the day, when you're fighting someone who's a much bigger guy, you're you're gonna have to take a hit more times, and he's gonna have to take a hit. So, in mixed martial arts, for the four ounce gloves, 
you are gonna you are gonna shoot him for one or two takedowns throughout the fight. Mm -hmm. It's it's just common sense. You, you you're not gonna want to take punishment unless you're people like Justin Gates, who's just like a fucking sponge who you can just punch like a thousand times and he'll laugh at you. But other than that, that's just, he were able to just perfectly arm right underneath the head, just push it up, and as soon as as soon as he did that, Fatola should have stopped. He should have just. He should have just stopped that. He should have just, he should have just done what the last fight. He should have just gone, cleaned him up against the fence, did a little bit of damage, then broke. Mm -hmm. Because he already, Darren, he already had that. Before he even went to the ground, he already had everything set in place. He just needed to be told to do everything that he was doing for him to capitalise on it. And as soon as he, that arm went underneath the net as they were going down, you've seen his leg just wrap around it a little bit just so he couldn't get out. And as he like was tightening up, and the other good technique about when you're doing a guillotine like that and a bigger fight and you're a smaller guy, it's easy for a fighter like that to use his legs to wrap you up. But not only that, he's got an extra couple of inch on his limbs. Yep. So it were easier for Darren to not only just put not only just put off like a but let's just put it the like a, an original guillotine because a lot of people just around the waist grip all your grip all your own wrist and an upper your all your own hand. But because Darren adds the actual length he were able to sort of rear naked guillotine and put more pressure on and yeah. that's what and that's what got him attacked obviously as we've seen when he was doing the the original guillotine on him it wasn't working he were able to at all were able to tough it out and mm -hmm. were able to try and fight we were only up until darren adjusted his position perfectly he, he got the position yeah it, he, got it, the he, he removed the game he removed the escape plan for for Patolo. Uh, definitely. And 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 Patolo knew, yeah, it was locked in tight, there's no way out. It took a it took a leaf out of Holland's book. Yeah. It took a leaf out of Holland's book. You already know that you've got the position, you already know that you've got that submission, so just keep doing what you're doing and if you need to tighten it up, just position yourself little bits mm -hmm. whilst you whilst you've already like got the submission locked in. It were a perfect now, if it were obviously, you, I, I didn't really hear a lot of shouting from from the cornerman in this event for some reason. But uh, I, well, apart from fucking the next part, we'll, we'll get on to. But other than that, uh, but yeah, we didn't really hear a lot of them. So I don't know if it were just Darren, his 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 far experience, were able to put him into that position, or if his coaches, or again, where it's just the hard work in the gym. But it just goes to show, hard work pays off, and you'll get a decent win like that, and hopefully for a. Oh, he's not a hometown boy, but he's a he's a he's a national. So, fuck it, I'm glad he won. <laughs> give him a title shot. Uh, then going into this core main event, and it was kind of a make or break fight for one of the fighters in there, and uh, for for the other fighter, it was just going to be another kind of notch on his on his uh, on his post. Uh, Amare Akmedov taking on Chris Wyman. I think Wyman went into this fight uh, one and five in his last six fights, so he definitely was uh, was in need of a victory. And to be fair to the lad, he got what he needed out of it um, with uh, with the decision. Uh, first round, it was pretty much the 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 kind of uh, on the feet offense of Akmedov taking on the the groundwork of Chris Wyman. Obviously, we know Chris Wyman's a elite level at wrestling, and he used that uh, to great effect. He uh, his game plan was definitely for the takedowns. I think he's, he threw something like nineteen takedown attempts in the whole of the fight. Didn't didn't really get a high percentage, but when you throw that many 
uh, and you land some of them, you're still gonna you're still gonna score points, and and that's what he did. The first round, he was able to, he he wasn't really matching Akmedov on on the feet in in terms of throwing shots, but he was still able to to kind of get his own shots and give Akmedov something to think about, but then shoot him for the takedown and and um, and really kind of win the round by by control rather than than kind of aggression almost. Uh, going into the second round, and he kind of uh, it was weird because he he kind of gave up that game plan. Uh, it clearly worked in the first round. Whether it was because Akmedov uh, kind of um, like combated it a lot more in the second round, he, uh, he he was able to to throw his own kind of like takedowns. Uh, it, maybe it was a case of he was putting Wardman off his game plan because. The, the takedowns just weren't landing every single time, which Wadman, which Wadman would have probably preferred. Uh, Wadman took a lot more shots in this second round, although he did, uh, he was able to cut uh, Akmedo un- underneath the air. Uh, and then when Wadman was able to take uh, Akmedov down, they they didn't. There wasn't a lot of kind of aggression or movement into in terms of like going for a finish it was more again quite kind of like the Kunitskaya fight where it's all about control to try and score points uh, which to be fair in a fight with Akmedov you do want to go for that route because if you try and stand and bang with him he's probably going to knock you clean out uh, but the second round because of uh, Akmedov was able to combat the takedowns of Wideman and land his own his, his, his own shots he, he kind of like brought the momentum back to towards him and we were going into this third round thinking is this going to be uh, the end of Chris Wadman but Chris Wadman the wily veteran I mean I say veteran he's still quite young in terms of of, uh, of an MMA fighter but he just took that third round knowing he needed to win it to, to get the victory not only for the fight but potentially for his UFC career and he spent he spent three rounds spent the third round wrestle fucking mm. which is not a tactic I particularly enjoy but I get I understand why when you're in the weeds like he was he, he had the momentum from the first round lost it in the second round and it was this was kind of like a an all or nothing round he, even his coach in the in the in the corner saying look suck it up this is fucking five minutes this is your UFC career on the line do you want this or not and it clearly did. He, he was able to control a lot of this second round uh, using his, his, his very interesting wrestling uh, his wrestling skills. He attempted a, a banana split, which was uh, a very it, it looked it looked dangerous. It really did. But when you kind of like analyze the position, and, and Carlos uh, said it uh, whilst we were watching the far this kind of works with fighters who don't use their legs a lot in terms of kicking and in terms of stretching whereas Akmedov it, if you broke down the, fa- the the move it was basically hugging Akmedov's leg uh, so it looked a little bit more dangerous than it actually were but props for, for Wyman for, for trying uh, a technique that you don't really see a lot of in the UFC uh, he, but in this third round, he was he was literally just able to control Akmedov on the floor, uh, kind of stun Akmedov's uh, uh, like um, ground, uh, stunned his uh, his strikes, 
pick up the the third round, knowing that he's going to uh, kind of seize the victory, and, and he did. And he's fair play to him. He, he kind of survived a little bit. I don't think it's his most impressive win, but it's quite possibly his most important win. Definitely, especially for where his career is heading now. Got to give a big shout out to Ray's head coach, uh, Lingard and Wyman MMA. Obviously, they've got a great school out there in in New York, and got to give it to Chris. He's been in the UFC for so long, and he were able to. Again, I'm going to go back to the fight IQ that I go on about like all the time because that's the a number one important thing in mixed martial arts is your fight IQ. I, how you absorb everything, your wins, your losses, and even your time in the gym. Uh, I know a lot of fighters say don't brag about what you do in the gym, but at the end of the day, you, even though it's not good to always think about stuff that always happens, in, in, but at the end of the day, you've got to think and, and take it into and take it into actions for your game plans to move on into the future. Cause we, like you say, uh, Dominic Cruz, when he lost to Corda, when people asked, when the thing he said, how, how do you feel about losing? And he said, it's, it's normal, I lose all the time in the gym. Now that's all the stuff you've got to take, that's what makes a champion a champion, that's what need. That's what he needs to have to get that mindset back on. Uh, that's what Chris Wyman needs to get his man basically rolling against him, mm-hmm. to get back to that title contention that he's, he's on about. Cause like he said, uh, it's been a, um, a little bit of a difficult wake up for him already. Um, he said, "But if he if he wins, he's going to stay at this weight and, and keep going." Uh, and hopefully he does because he did look, yeah, fair enough. There's always tools that you can always sharpen up, but coming back down to 185 and fighting a, a, a dangerous opponent, it's not like it's not like he was coming down and, and fighting anyone. It's like you like you made a comment whilst we we're watching it. You've got to give respect to him, like. Yeah, he might be one and five in his last five fights, but look at the people he's fought. It's not mm-hmm. like he's he's picked out tomato cans. It's not like he's he's picked out these little fairies. He's 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 fought the best available. Yeah, he's he's, he's these opponents have, have been made available to him, and he's shown his art. He's shown that he's a true fighter. He's accepted. He has beats like Jorge Romero. Mm-hmm. He has, yeah. His last fight is Dominic uh, Reyes, and it's it's you've got to give him props to that, but. Yeah, he definitely would raise advice when he came in and like, just fucking don't be a bitch, just, well, he didn't say don't be a bitch, but just suck it up, you got five minutes and everyone knew what that meant, you, you've got five, this is your fucking career, like mm-hmm. you said, This you've got five minutes, like, you need to work more than him, these last two rounds are close as fuck, now, to be honest with you, them last two rounds, the, the second round, you could have, that could have gone to like, um, Akhmedov. Uh, Akhmedov. Oh, fucking, uh, well, I think every single every single judge gave the the second round to Akhmedov. Yes. Um, it, yeah, it was 29-27, 29-27, 29-28. So they've gave they've given obviously one round of ten eight. I would assume it's this second this third round because of it was just dominant control. Um, so it'll be interesting to to actually get a look at the card, uh, the the scorecards. But yeah, it, going into that into this third round, it, it was level. It's as simple as that. There was oh, no yeah. no ifs ands or buts about it. Oh yeah, definitely. And the the reason why it's more impressive is obviously when Ray said to him, "You need to fucking suck it up the last five And it's yeah. always like he was gassed in that second round, and that's mm-hmm. why he lost it. So obviously, it's a lot harder to be gassed and then come back for it. And when you've been able to have that that 
that head coach, basically be able to just say the, the right words to you and for you to be able to just listen to him and actually know when I win the third round when he actually got into the ground and stuff like that, like, I have big respect for Ray, uh, so I'm not going to go into detail about, because every coach has got their own uh, little call words and stuff, but he said obviously lift and pull and stuff like that, but it, Chris Wyman, he did it perfectly, then the sweep at the end after when he actually did it was, so he, he listened to Ray perfectly, what he actually were able to do, um, Ray shouted out the command, he did it, and then the, the sweep at the end just finished it off, and it, it, it was just perfect, and that's, and from that, he were able to get straight into side control, and then straight into mount, and then from there, like we just saw it from near enough 30 to 40 seconds into the third round, it, it was just all Chris Wyman after that, fair enough, it might not have been the most action we've seen, but at the end of the day, it goes back to fight, like he knew that he needed to be most dominant in front of the judges' eyes, he knew that he didn't have the, he was fucked, he knew that he, he didn't have the gas tank, he knew that he weren't, he weren't going to finish him, he knew that he couldn't pull a submission off, he tried to pull a couple of submissions off, the guys, the guys' ground game is clearly too good, and Chris Wyman is nose in his head, he's, he's too fucked, that he's, he's not going to be able to pull a submission off, so he knows, if I stay in top mount, the ref's not likely to to take me off because it's the more do it's the most dominant position you can be in. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm doing a shot every five to ten seconds, and I'm working. That's it, it. It shows that he's working in in that position. And if he just holds it, it shows in the judges' eyes he's in control. And even like they said at the last, uh, I think it was Paul Felder. They said at the last fifteen seconds, even if the even if uh, um, Khabib's cousin. Agmedov were able to <laughs> fuck it these days were able to switch it and were able to verse it that still that round still would have gone to Wyman <laughs> just because of how much action he were in so yeah. again it always down to experience how much time you spend it that's why obviously the last two weeks I've been off I've, I've been outside even though we've been locked down and that lot I've still been trying to train still been trying to build my own knowledge and that's the most important thing about the game, the, the game evolves all the time, so if you don't evolve, you're going to get left in the times mm -hmm. very quick. Yep, totally agree. Um, now let's go on to this main event and what a main event it was. Um, Derek Lewis taking on the boa constrictor Alexei Alenek. Talk about a clash of styles, uh, a guy with massive, massive knockout power, but with very little ground game against probably, arguably, the the top two in in the U in the heavyweight division in terms of uh in terms of ground game, Lewis for, I've got to give the guy props he looked the healthiest he's ever looked you can you can tell he's definitely uh, trying to cut that weight down uh, going into this first round bright start from Lewis landed that that head kick uh, really wasted no time um, and. Olinek, you could tell he knew he couldn't stand and bag with Lewis. Absolutely no point. He was he's always going to lose that. So he kind of did the right thing of goading uh, Lewis into kind of rushing him and, uh, and and pressing him up against a cage. He knows if he can keep Lewis tied up, he's not going to land those big like dirty shots. Um, but Lewis was able to kind of show a little bit of uh, of wrestling prowess when he when he kind of. Uh, bullied uh, Olenek to the floor started to like top mount and, and, and land some shots um, obviously his ground game is very very basic and Olenek was able to kind of uh, 
weather that storm and, and kind of manipulate Lewis into the position that he wanted to be in. Uh, going for for um, the the legs to kind of like use uh, Lewis's body weight against him to, to turn him over and it worked perfectly for Alanik. One thing I've got to also give props on for Lewis is the, he did a beautiful transition out of uh, getting out of trouble to, to get back into top control. I've got to give him props for that. That was really well done. But this... Uh, as this round went further and further on, and the more time that they spent on the floor, this was uh, this goes straight into Olenek's game. And a, a couple of times he had he, uh, he had Lewis trapped in the the scarfold. Well, Lewis called it the British Bulldog, but mm. it, it is a scarfold. Yeah, it's um, scarfold. The first the first attempt at it, Lewis was able to roll with him and kind of like work his way out, and he did land a couple of illegal shots uh, at the back of uh, of Olenek's head, but. Uh, he got a warn off the off the the ref for that, but the the fight continued and Alanik was able to again to transition back into into top control and he he cranked that that scaffold and he must have had that locked in for a good two minutes of this fight and um, just great kind of composure from Lewis knowing that that he he was struggling to get out of it and his body positioning and his work did not help him one little bit in, in trying to escape this fight, but. He's got a massive, massive heart and uh, just was able to kind of survive that round. But Olenek must have had a lot of confidence going into that second round thinking, I, I can do to this guy basically what I want as long as I can get him on the ground. Lewis come out in that second round though with a, with a, a much better game plan. He thought, fuck this shit, I'm finishing this fight. Came in, leaping knee, cracked uh, Olenek with a, with a right hand, Alanek went down. Lewis just swarmed him, laid into him with a uh, with ground and pound. Um, Alanek went into kind of turtle position, tried to survive, but Lewis was just throwing punch after punch, and you can see how his cardio work is uh, is really helping his game because in fast previously that would have gassed him, mm. and you could see where he would those punches would have slowed down, but he was relentless. He was so so quick with those punches. And yeah, great victory. The guy picked up a, a, the win against um, uh, Alanet with a with a TK punch, and then delivered a perfect uh, post fight into like he does. This time his balls aren't hot. This time, dude needs a shit. That was fucking brilliant. That that was, he's just honestly he's just comedy gold. He's watch a video over there. Like, MMA is that funniest like. Black fighters, and he was number one, and yeah. he's literally number one. It's straight up just like, I need to take a shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you, you can't ease victory from that. Like, I, we've saw him do, like, obviously, like head kicks and stuff like that, but when, as soon as that fight started and he came in and just with that powerful leg kick, I thought he fucking blew Olenek's shoulder out as soon as he kicked him. Um, but, yeah. There were no as soon as uh, as soon as Olenek got um, got him in that scarf hole, which I like to call like a judo neck crank. It's yeah. perfect when if you keep hold of that arm and well, if you. Derek Lewis has told you it's called a British bulldog now. Oh, it's a British bulldog <laughs> different. British bulldog fucking <laughs> Ben Askren got Robbie Lawler and, and yeah, that's staying that way. Fuck his like fuck his words. Different names for different chokes, so he can call it whatever he wants. I can call it whatever I want. But yeah, as soon as he got that, that no wonder they call him the black base, he's got some girth uh, on his neck. 
Um, so yeah, as soon as like he would, he, all of it were cranking on that. He he would cranky for a, a like I say a good thirty seconds to a good minute, and he was just he was doing absolutely no. The more thing it were doing was like Derek Lewis had to sniff his armpit, yeah. and it was just it, that was just more aggravating more than not. I've been in that obviously that position myself, and obviously not not for that long, but it does like, obviously when the person's not cranking it right or putting enough pressure on it where in this case is Derek Lewis is just too much of a fucking beast to where don't matter how you could have been cranking you could have put a car on his neck he's, he's not going to tap from that but it's just more annoying when you've got your face and your nose covered and you can't breathe for like 5 to 10 seconds and you can just take a you're able to just take a big like gasp of air then, then you can't breathe again so it's it's more of a more of a, a nuisance more than not more than, it, more than it's actually effective than it's, it's hurting you or all that it's just more of just fucking annoying um, I think that's why Derek Lewis will like wanted to finish that early as soon as he got into the second round because mm-hmm. he he didn't want to find himself in that position again. Now, obviously, he was doing he was doing well on the on the ground uh, with Olenek. Like I say, he did some proper he he moved well on the ground. He's moved better than I've. It's shocked me how much I've like how much he's moved now than compared to than he did like a year ago, two mm-hmm. years ago, like. He has that. Even though he still might have come in at two sixty five, two sixty five, two sixty six, he he still he moved faster. He moved much smoother. He looked healthier. Now obviously with with him saying that he don't want to take a, another fight before losing another like twenty twenty five pounds. Fair enough, understandable. You can always he can he's the sort of person who does carry around a lot of extra body fat. Now don't get me wrong, is. He's a big guy, he's done a lot of enduro training, he's done a lot of strength and conditioning, so he has turned a lot of his fat into muscle. Now, obviously that's why he still weighs a lot, but he's still he's still one of them guys, like if you can imagine like your Roy Nelson, your Mark Hunt, they're the guys that can knock you out, but still carry around that a, a lot of body weight that if they were to get rid of, it'd actually help him out. But mm-hmm. with Derek Lewis, I think he had obviously with his knee problems and his back problems, it's just been hard work for him to basically lose that extra weight. It's just been... It's just been easy for him to basically keep the muscle mass he's got work for how much he can do. Because if you can remember about two years ago, he were actually only spending about half an hour in the gym at a time. Yeah. That's how much he could only work. Anything I passed half an hour, he were getting painful. He, he, he weren't able to do all. So uh, I'm glad he's, he's, he's not only just looked at his personal life to make some life choices, he's, he's got back onto his fighting style, obviously, because like, he came out, he said, he said it himself about being gun shy, about not being, not wanting to go for and getting the risk of basically getting knocked out. And I think he's he's shook them like cotton webs a bit. And because uh, like I said, he, with Olenek, even though he might be a, a specialist on the ground, he's still a heavy hitter. So when you if he hits you, he's a heavyweight. So you'll still you'll know about it. Don't matter who you are. Uh, and with Derek, he, he went straight in in that second round. Perfect flying knee, and then just a perfect right hand. And you just seen Herb Dean's face going, just shit in his pants, going, shit, I'm going to have to step in here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and good, fair play to him. Like, a lot of people were giving Herb Dean shit last week. You know, you got to give him props this week. He's, he made some decent calls and stopped that fight perfectly. Um, what, what else can you say for Derek Lewis? He, he, he put out this guy who a lot of people 
said that, oh, he's just going to take it to the ground again and choke him out. We've seen this happen with Derek Lewis. He, he farts a, a striker, he knocks him out, he farts a grappler, they just end up basically wrestle-fucking him. And mm-hmm. Fair, fair enough, all it did take it to the ground. Derek Lewis were, had answers for him. And as soon as he, again, all farts start standing. As soon as that second round started, Derek came out swinging and he cracked him and he hurt him. That's there is a mixed martial artist. As much as Derek Lewis will say that he's not a mixed martial artist, that there is a mixed martial artist to take away his losses, take away his wins, overcome everything that he's been through, to change his lifestyle choices and his professional choices. The, the only way forward for Derek Lewis. Yeah, and uh, straight after the fight, he's been called out by Curtis Blades. Uh, and I know me and you were talking outside after the fight. And if he did get down to that kind of weight he's looking at, like 245, it, uh, a Derek Lewis at 245 is a killer. It's as simple as that. If he's got the cardio to last three rounds and still have the power in his punches that he's got now, that, that's a dangerous fighter. My only concern would be if you look at the three people who's above him in the rankings, on paper he doesn't beat any of them. I know he, he picked up the victory against uh, uh, against Nganu, but we're talking about a different Nganu now. Yeah, this Nganu. This the game changed, I'd say. Everyone evolves. So, against the likes of DC, against the likes of Stipe, against the likes of this Nganu this now, I, don't, I think we might see... Derek Lewis has reached the kind of level he's going to reach, but he's still an absolute killer in that in that in that octagon, and it will be interesting to see uh, him versus Curtis Blades. That'll be a cracking. Yeah, it fight. Will be. I think the lucky thing about him is I think he will I think he will miss fighting DC. I don't think he'll get to fight DC. Like I said to you, if DC wins the belt, like you said, you think he retires either way. Mm-hmm. I think he, if he wins the belt, he should fight in Garner to actually cement his place then obviously if we retire retire but I think that's one easier path out of Derek Lewis's way towards the title taking the best wrestler in the division who's who's going to retire yeah. and it's again all you're having to go up to then he's his strike and obviously with Stipe he's still got quality wrestling but but he can be knocked out we've, and we've seen it yeah we've seen it definitely but like we said in the fight was that was that DC getting knocking him out clean? Was it getting a fluke, or, or, or was, was he, he still? He had a recovery from the Yeah, was he still fight? Fight? Yeah. Many different questions there that will get answered next yeah. week. Yeah, and that's a great segue in, into uh, into next week. Uh, so it's UFC two fifty two again coming from this Apex Center. But what a stacked main card this is. Uh, starting off, there's five fights on this main card. We've got Magomed and Clear taking on uh, Ion Kutalaba. John Dodson versus uh, Mereb Divalishvili. Um, Junior Dos Santos against Rosenstruik. That'll be a banger of a fight. Uh, Rosenstruik looking to kind of uh, recover from getting absolutely demolished by Ngarnu. Uh, Sean O'Malley, Clown Shoes. Taking on Marlon Vera. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, we were talking about Sean O'Malley during this show, and as cool as he thinks he looks with that with that uh, 
Krusty the Clown rainbow wig. He's going to look back on that in about five years and think, I look like a bellend. Uh, and then this main event, the trilogy, so harped up. I hope it's just not kind of like one of those fights that, that doesn't live up to it. Uh, Steve Miocic versus Daniel Cormier for 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 the, the heavyweight title. So, yeah, it's going to be um, an interesting uh, fight. And then, obviously, there was a big gap in, in the UFC's uh, kind of schedule. But they've, they've uh, chucked a sneaky one in uh, for the week after. Uh, UFC fight night, Edgar versus Munoz. Now, they've also chucked in a co-main event, which has now been taken off, so I don't know what the crack is going on, basically. But we did they did show uh, Yoel Romero versus Uriah Hall, uh, and then in the last 45 minutes, that's now been struck from, from the card. So whether... Something's happened there, or whether someone's announced it when it shouldn't have been announced. Is Cuba, I don't know. Is Cuba Airport's on lockdown. Because yeah. Cuba Airport's on lockdown. I know he. I know he trains in a, in America sometimes. Anybody? Then he live in Cuba. I know he's Cuban, but I thought he he was in Florida, which would have made it fine for travelling, because they've obviously got very. I know he doesn't even speak a lot of it. He's literally just. Just straight like Cuban, he like fucking like. Yeah, so I mean, it may be one of those things where it's been announced uh, too early, it's been kind of leaked, and it, they just want to like cross the T's and dot the R's, but we'll see a uh, couple of weeks for that. But yeah, uh, keep tuned in to Five Rounds for, for next week again and our kind of thoughts on UFC 252. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DJ Kerber. Follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos. Uh, follow show at Five Rounds Pod. Just before we sign out, I just want to give a massive thanks to um, Visionaries Global Media. I want to give a massive thanks to Smart to Death Radio and now on Chair Shop Media for, for the support that they've given uh, Five Rounds. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for these guys. Uh, yeah, and yeah, big things coming for, for Five Rounds. We, we really want to kind of like push on in, in 2020, 2021, and make this. Uh, as, as great a show as we can so yeah thank you all for listening and that is the end thank you guys we really appreciate it adios amigos thechairshot.com always use your head Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.